Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn growers are fueling research and initiatives that build a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. The Minnesota Corn Podcast introduces you to the individuals who are shaping future ag practices, identifying new markets, and promoting agriculture with the non-farming public. Our guest for this episode is Mark Hillmeyer, a faculty member in the Department of Chemistry at the University of Minnesota. He's also director of the National Science Foundation Center for Sustainable Polymers. Let's begin with an overview of a project that certainly has the attention of Minnesota corn. So in our project with Minnesota corn, we're really trying to work hard at how to utilize corn as a resource, a renewable resource, annually renewable resource, to convert uh, the sugars in corn uh, into polymeric materials, and polymers are the molecules of plastic, um, that um, not only uh, can be renewably sourced, but have competitive properties with with, uh, incumbent materials, and in several cases, uh, also have sensible end-of-life outcomes, such as being uh, having the ability to be composted or or conveniently uh, recycled. One of the one of the big uh, uh, challenges we have in this space is to is to certainly try to make materials that have properties that we're all used to in uh, in the plastic materials that we use that we use today. So that's the objective. But give us the backstory here as to how this project came to be. Some of the discussions that were involved early on that have led everyone to this point. I think there's certainly plenty of interest from uh, farmers in Minnesota to understand how uh, their product uh, can be utilized uh, for other uh, new and emerging uh, applications. And uh, our project originated with Minnesota Corn um, many, many years ago, and it was pretty clear uh, that we had um, uh, the the, the, the keen interest of, of farmers. And I think that when we combine uh, the interest of folks who are uh, excited about valorizing their product with the real passion that our researchers have to work on these challenging problems of making plastics from renewables, uh, it was a really nice match. And I think that that's how, uh, how uh, the, the project started out. And, um, and we've actually been uh, able, been quite successful in, in, in doing just that. As I think about the value added potential for corn here, I mean, we use plastic all the time. It's everywhere we look. And so to me, Mark, the potential is huge. Absolutely. Uh, the current landscape, however, uh, is, uh, is, you know, more than 95% approximately of our plastics are coming from petroleum. Uh, and the current bio-based materials are in the single digit uh, percentages generally. So the potential, as you point out, is huge because I think there's a lot of uh, applications where the incumbent materials can be replaced with renewable and degradable and more readily recyclable uh, materials. And um, I think in the fullness of time, annually renewable resources like corn uh, and, 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 and other feedstocks are going to be more and more important in the overall plastics landscape. I'll lean on your expertise in answering this question, but the science behind it, and I think you've you've sort of explained it to some degree already, but as far as converting corn into plastic in in layman's terms, how do you describe this process? Our main interest is um, taking uh, the sugars uh, from corn, um, and uh, the sugars and the oils that can come from corn 
are molecules that have functionality on them, they, is the term that's used, that's used uh, that are susceptible to chemical manipulations that allow one to generate uh, either old molecules or new molecules uh, through chemical manipulations that allow you to convert them ultimately into usable plastics. So it's really the emphasis uh, is on is on corn sugars, and um, one of the major areas is uh, using fermentation. Uh, and uh, fermentation allows you to convert those sugars into other molecules that can be useful for plastics. Our main emphasis in the project that we're working on is taking advantage of those fermentation products to generate new kinds of uh, new new and old kinds of, of plastics. How would you describe the progress since this project began? Has it been sort of slow going? Is it moving at a rapid pace or, or maybe somewhere in between? You know, we've got two kinds of projects uh, that really run that, I would say, the, the, uh, the, the spectrum. Uh, we certainly have some high risk, high reward projects where progress can be a little bit slow, but the payoff can be big. And we've actually had a nice advance uh, in, in that area. Um, but other projects are a little bit lower risk, but more rapidly moving. And for example, we have a project in trying to make uh, toughened plastics that started from a pretty good starting point, but we made some interesting modification that have allowed us to really improve the mechanical properties of these materials. So we like to have a portfolio, it's like any portfolio, diversified. We like going after the high risk uh, projects, but we also we also understand that advances that are maybe a little bit more um, uh, I don't want to say incremental, but a little bit more steady uh, are, um, uh, are also important. Kind of a, a short-term, then a long-term view here. In the coming weeks and months, what, what are you excited about with this project? And then longer term, what should the expectation be? Oh, right now we are excited about our new projects. Uh, we're looking to a new class of molecules called polyamides. You've heard of nylon and other kind of polyamide materials that are based from corn-based uh, feedstocks. We've got some um, amazing new results, and as I was saying earlier, with toughened plastics, and we're getting ready to, to publish those, and we'll be protecting intellectual property in some of those areas a, as well. I think for the longer term, this project has really, uh, over years, established a very, very strong foundation for how we can really valorize corn-based products into new uh, new materials, and I think for us it has given us that um, uh, that confidence that the scientific foundations that we're building now um, are going to be uh, strong, uh, such that new technologies can be sprung from them. At the end of the day, we ultimately want to benefit society with these projects. Now, at the university, of course, we focus on basic research and molecule bending and understanding what is possible, but translating that into what is practical is, is certainly on our minds, and oftentimes that happens through partners, so I, I anticipate that our projects uh, in the fullness of time will ultimately be able to uh, entice uh, commercial partners to think about how to translate these technologies to the benefit of society. And that leads to my next question. You referred earlier to the large majority of plastics that are petroleum-based in the market today. What are some of those barriers that are holding back adoption of corn-based plastics? There's really um, two major things. Uh, the first is, is that, you know, everybody expects their whatever plastic they're using, whether they know it or not, 
to perform in the way that makes plastics so beneficial. They're lightweight, uh, they're strong, they can be transparent, they can be ductile, they can be formed into many kinds of things. So you need to have those same kind of properties, those same kind of expectations for the customer uh, for the bio-based, or in this case, corn-based uh, corn based products. So achieving those mechanical property goals, I would say, is certainly uh, a challenge. And in many cases, that has certainly been achieved. But the second major challenge is, of course, uh, the economics of it. The infrastructure of the petroleum industry has been established over decades and decades and uh, very uh, highly efficient, uh, such that uh, <clears throat> the resources which can be extracted from the earth relatively uh, cheaply uh, and converted into these plastic molecules in a highly efficient and economical way makes plastics, as you know, very low-cost uh, materials. So to compete in the marketplace, the bio-derived materials need to have a cost structure that's at parity and ideally less than one future uh, uh, future world, uh, less than the petroleum-based products. And I think when that starts to happen, uh, that's when the, there'll be a, a, a really a big movement toward these more bio-based products. Well, I feel confident in the feedstock going forward. Farmers produce a lot of corn, and we're seeing with technology those yields continuing to grow. So that's encouraging too, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the more and more infrastructure we have for bio-based products, the more and more science and technology that supports their conversion to competitive materials, uh, the better off that we're going to be. I will make one point, uh, is that uh, there is certainly a lot of interest, and, uh, and, and, and rightly so, in plastics at the end of their life. Um, and uh, one misconception is that just because uh, it's derived from corn, it can naturally biodegrade. That's not necessarily true. However, uh, our projects really emphasize that we want to make materials that have sensible end-of-life outcomes, which means potentially industrially compostable materials so we can divert waste from the landfill to a valuable product. Um, simplified or, or, or better types of recycling uh, outlets for these materials are also on our mind uh, so that plastics that we generate could either be more efficiently mechanically or even chemically uh, recycled. Uh, and so I think this, the end of life issues in the plastics arena is really rearing its head. And most petroleum-based plastics um, have, uh, are, are, uh, are deficient in that arena. In learning about the corn checkoff through the years, I know that, that a reason why farmers will invest in the checkoff is they, they want to see these, these new markets develop, and the checkoff helps to do that. Could you just speak briefly, Mark, to the value of having Minnesota Corn as a partner in this project? For us, it's been incredibly valuable. Uh, I'm a strong proponent of of, of the use of these, these kind of funds to really foster and develop future markets. And I'm so happy and proud that the University of Minnesota has become a strong partner of Minnesota corn, because I think farmers really understand to develop these kind of markets. There are basic research understandings. There are important molecule, molecular level understandings that are necessary to build this foundation that I spoke of. So uh, I think it's a really wonderful partnership in that way. And we've been, um, you know, students and other uh, researchers uh, in our laboratories have uh, tremendously benefited from interactions with the corn growers, farmers themselves, 
and understanding their drive uh, to make their products more and more valuable. Where should our listeners go if they'd like to learn more about this project? Well, this is a really a strong partnership with the National Science Foundation Center for Sustainable Polymers. Uh, that's funded by the federal government and headquartered here at the University of, uh, of Minnesota. Um, that's a really great place to go and learn uh, on, on the, uh, about our activities in general. And Minnesota Corn is a strong partner. And, you know, that's csp.umn.edu, a great place to learn about the kind of work we're doing uh, in this space. Mark, anything else that we haven't touched on yet that you think is really important to the story? You know, I think that um, I want to, again, just emphasize that the the people working on these projects are the student, uh, postdoctoral, undergraduate, graduate, and postdoctoral researchers working on this project uh, are really benefiting from understanding that, yes, there's a drive that people want to change change the plastics landscape, uh, in, in positive in positive ways. I think while we most certainly will have <clears throat> new science, new technology, new products that come from this, um, many, many researchers, people have come through this project and they will go on in their own careers and uh, support sustainable practices. And I think that kind of multiplicative effect and uh, the, uh, of, of projects like this uh, uh, couldn't be, uh, uh, can't be uh, um, uh, overemphasized. And the final thing that I'll say is one of our, our programs that we, that we work on uh, through the Minnesota Corn is an education and outreach program where we're trying to help uh, teachers learn uh, how to teach their students, high school in particular, how to teach their students about um, renewable materials, recycling, sustainability, bio-based products. And so the young learners out there that have benefited from this uh, education through their high schools, again, uh, will hopefully have this on their minds when they go out into the workforce themselves. To learn more about the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, visit mncorn.org.